0: In this realm. There's a God up in heaven, that's a devil in hell There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross I know where you're going, if you live in that light You're imperfect among us, but in the dark we are light Thank you Jesus, I love you, help me spread with the news If you live in a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth.
1: This is Matt and Mom Live. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant. This show is about the topical, the conversational, but most importantly, the purposeful. We hope to develop and distribute hope to the broken. We pray that this show blesses you today. All right, we're back at it again. This is Matt and Mom live. It's real, it's raw, it's relevant, and it's been a while. Happy New Year to our listeners all over the world. Uh, We appreciate your patience. As you have probably experienced, it's been a busy time, as always, the end of the year. We go from Thanksgiving right into the holiday season, Christmas, the hustle and bustle, and now the New Year. So we've finally taken a deep breath, Mom, and we can sit and continue where we left off. But most importantly... Our goal, our mission is to develop and distribute hope to the broken. Anybody that's going through it, our theme is we're giving you experiences and practical insights from the storehouse of where we've been. We understand, um, not necessarily always being out of it and not looking back in hindsight because there's still that, the echo of the traumas or the tragedies that we've experienced as a family and as individuals. So one in particular, and I know we're not supposed to really date our content, but because it's that time of the year, we've just ran into January. It's it's a crucial time of the year for me. Today's January sixth. Whenever this will run, a couple of days from now, a couple of weeks from now, we're not sure. Um, six years ago on January seventh, I'm being sentenced for f- five to ten years, and on that day, I had no idea what the time frame would look like. And we've kind of explored this thought process most recently. Because I was blessed to be able to share it with my church congregation on a large scale where I was chosen to speak on that one of the weekends, Mom, and I dealt with the words that I spoke on that day, January 7, 2010. So I think that thread is going to help us get through this show as far as what does a resolution look like? How can we be consistent and committed to those resolutions? um, Seemingly, people would think the things that I said before prison— we're just aimless or airless, and I think I can I can talk a little bit about that as this topic unfolds, but it was a crucial time.
2: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Just a couple of things came to my mind as you said that. Yes, that was your sentencing day. It was also a day after the first year anniversary of my mom's death.
1: Which is today, January 6th. We're, we're,
2: we're taping today, yes. Hopefully, the show will go up today, but... The interesting thing about that was there's something about winter, Matt. It's that season where everything kind of dies and feels very desolate. And when your heart is in the same place as the environment that you're looking at, it could really bury you down. In fact, that's why oftentimes after Christmas and after all the hoopla, people go into major depression. And all those resolutions, you know, that's kind of the big hype of January. What's your resolution? Are you working out? What are you giving up? Which is what we're going to focus on today, a lot of what you've been dealing with in in terms of your teaching at church. But the whole idea of that particular day six years ago, it was a desolate day. And yet, even as we as a family were on our way to court, there was a peace that God had this all in his hands. And now looking at it from hindsight, it, it even makes me more worshipful of the God who comes through on all his resolutions and promises.
1: Sure. So I think one of the practical points to take home is there was, a I guess, a replacement, not a removal. So you can remove your hands from your circumstances, but if you don't place your hands somewhere else, you are so more inclined to put your hands back on the wheel of your own circumstances. So we didn't just re- remove our hands from the circumstance. We replaced it with God's will. So the family at, at large said, God, your will be done. And even myself, I mean, I'm the one that wasn't going home that day. But I remember vividly having a piece that you just talked about in that morning and knowing that whatever happened that day it was God's will and I was ready to basically go away and And start this new journey, so what happened as the court day unfolded? we get into the court's room setting, and the emotions are high there's a lot of instruction going on the I guess the procedural service flow of that day was given to us, and what that would look like, who would say what, and how they would say it and then our victim's family would get to speak. his name is Hort Cap, and his children were present and man, as you can imagine, the emotions were so high, but i'm I, we can probably t- talk on and on about the things that were said. I just want to highlight what I said because as we just shared most recently, teaching about it in church in our series, Unbreakable Resolutions, and I said on that day, January 7th, uh, maybe not as rehearsed as I wanted it to come out, but I knew that this was my heart that whatever I would do from that day forward would be in memory and honor of their loved one. And all these years have gone by, Mom. And I'm now speaking on a circuit funded by State Farm Insurance. You know, I, I go as far as California, some odd places sharing my story. And a lot of people come up to me afterwards, and, and especially in New Jersey. And they say, we, we remember seeing this on the news when it happened. And then they proceed to apologize to me, which is odd. And I say, why are you apologizing to me? They say, well, when we saw it, we were moved by the scene of forgiveness from Mr. Horkcap's son Noon. But we were angry at the words you said because we figured you were only saying that to get out of that day, and you didn't mean what you said, and that you wouldn't come through with what you said. So basically, they were saying, my word meant nothing. So after I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, you know what? They're right. They were absolutely right. My word meant nothing. But what happened was when I went away, I began to learn God's word, and God's word means everything. So I couldn't keep my word like the next man. My word would have been broken. I would have broken those commitments. But because I began to keep God's word in my heart, the Bible verse says if you keep your, his word in your heart, he will begin to guide your steps, direct your steps. It's a light before your path and all these other psalms. That was when that unbreakable resolution was birthed inside of me. So yes, all these years have passed. And th- did I keep true to my own word? No, I did not. I kept true to God's word. And by, by product of keeping God's ultimate word, I'm going to honor my family. I'm going to honor Mr. Cap's family by the way I live. So, yeah, I can't imagine the the roller coaster ride that it's been for you guys. You lost your mom only what was it a year before that?
2: Yeah, it was exactly. Was it, it was exactly one year before. And so it, it was
1: January 6, 2009. Here I am getting since January 7, 2010.
2: And if you recall, we went out to lunch with my dad the day before, which was the day before mom's. Anniversary of being dead. So picture being in my place. I'm with my senior dad.
1: How old was grandpa?
2: At the point of he was 84. Yeah. So I'm with dad, trying to make a happy day for him. You know, we're going out to lunch. His wife's gone a year. He's a widower. He's been married over 50 years. Wow. He's suffering. I'm literally. Truly, I know it was three years after John's death. Yeah, but after really, John,
1: right. It was three years. It was three, it three, was three years. years.
2: It was three years. So I'm just coming out of grief, really resurfacing in society in terms of, you know, getting back to a new normal. And I'm keeping my spirits as high as I can for my dad. But you're getting sentenced the next day up to 10 years. So here we go. And I remember you saying to me when we left that day, you said, Mom no tears here today. And I I think I even wrote it in the book. If anybody was in the book that I wrote slammed, if anyone was watching us that day in that hibachi, we laughed, we talked, we joked. Dad said goodbye to you that day, if you recall, he wasn't going to see you that morning. And he said goodbye to you later that evening when we got home. So it was, you would have thought the strain of that That I would not be able to move truly as a mom. Again, this is where, this is why we do what we do. It's like someone that has found the fountain of youth or a vaccine that cures cancer. We know experientially the power of God when you just lean into Him and surrender it. And I felt this peace even at that lunch. Yeah, was there a heaviness on my heart? Absolutely. But a peace that just undergirded that heaviness. And that God was in control and it was going to be okay.
1: Right. So, so I, I would reiterate and repeat the idea of taking your hands off of your circumstances and placing them on God and just letting him put his hands on your circumstances. That's the, he refuses to put his hands where our hands are because he can't work that way. He's not going to force his will upon us. It is required of us to remove our hands from our circumstances, whatever they look like. Hey, going into the new year, that's not exactly a new year you're looking forward to, an anniversary of a a death of a parent and then the anniversary of losing your youngest son. And for, you know, God only knew how many years I would be away. But then, you know, people don't understand. That's not really what all of us were focused on. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't care about going to prison. And I don't say that in any type of arrogance. I say that as... I was worried about this, this man's family yes. and where they would be on that day. What would they see in our family on that day? What would my words do to them on that day? The words they deserve, not words that um, I did. De- they deserve to hear the words of I'm sorry. And I highlight that because I've met people who just refuse to give the words of apology to the family that they either hurt or the people they hurt. And they don't understand why. And I'm saying, it's not. hey, it might not even be for you. It's for them. They need that.
2: And, you know, it's unfortunate because even in situations like yours, oftentimes people are advised don't contact the family. And thankfully, once again, because we felt such an urgency to contact this family right away and to offer an apology, and we found out that we weren't allowed to, but we also found out that there in New Jersey is a victim advocacy program. So I immediately put together a letter that went to that family and, and again, Matt, I believe that God's grace flows when one pours their heart out. He, he'll show even special favor over that. And you know what? It did touch the family because ultimately, when I became friends with the one daughter, she'd, she'd said that to me. She said, You know what? You really, here's how she put it you are the real deal because I thought once you wrote us, that you were just doing it it would be over. Kind of like a, a gesture. Mm-hmm. But we stayed in touch. We still are in touch. We still text each other.
1: Well, let me just say something. Don't lose your thoughts. Um, I most recently wrote that blog that we kind of, you found in your Bible about my thoughts only a few weeks after March 7, 2009, which was the night of the fatality the dui fatality if you're out there and you have no idea what we're talking about we encourage you to go to the there's a brief synopsis about some of the things we're sharing my story in particular but you found this letter that i wrote you and dad and we posted that just to see where was i mentally emotionally and even spiritually as early as a few weeks after trauma and to no credit but god's as far as what he put inside of me train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I departed, but when I fell, I fell flat back on a faith foundation that was the rock of Jesus Christ. So these words that came out of me were, God in me, all along. Nonetheless, we posted, and a name pops up most recently that liked the writing or liked the the, the blog, and it was um, none other than one of Hortcap's daughters. So if you can imagine being me and seeing her, um, your wow. victim's daughter's name pop up on your feed saying so-and-so liked your writing. Wow, I didn't it's know like, that. It's like, wow. Mm. But right along with what you were saying, striking up a relationship with, with some of them and, and just being consistent, not because you're getting anything out of it, not because you're trying to get points for, on my behalf, but the genuine concern as, as a Christian, a Christ-centered woman, to make sure that you and your love could cover even that multitude of sin.
2: Absolutely. And again, it it goes back to, as you said, God won't put His hands on anything that we are holding on to, right? Right. When you do let go, the grace that He, it, it's insurmountable. Your story and everything that God has done, and and this is what I try to share with other parents that are in despair. I know it's difficult, but what are the what are your options? Keep holding on. How's that working for you? Right, and struggling. Let go and let god i mean i hate to that's such a platitude let go and let god but yet the word let let it go is to just release it release it and see what god will do with it and so yeah it is a blessing it's a blessing that um the horde family that there's some members we're in touch with and and even down the line matt this is years later and there's still conversation going on between us um about other things having to do with situation. So it's pretty awesome. God's amazing.
1: Yes, he is. So a lot lot of initiatives um, that we're kind of working on currently, obviously the books, mom, um, once again, not using these channels to sell the books, but use them to promote the message in the books. And a lot of people looking for resources out there, I always would encourage them to get your book. uh, If you're a parent, um, and you're struggling with children or just tragedy in general, you've written a book titled Slammed, Overcoming Tragedy in the Wave of Grief. So in the midst of grief, in the midst of pain, you wrote from the perspective of how do you manage and navigate it. It's a survival's guide or, um, or tips. In the midst of the storm, what do you do? And you use a lot of different nautical analogies to get your point across, to be very persuasive with your point. And along those lines, we learn that, Jesus is the one who understands what the storm feels like the most, being in the middle of his own type of storm while he was on earth. Um, Isaiah tells us he was a man acquainted with grief. I love another translation. It says he's familiar with pain. So you're you're dealing with a God who is not only with you in the storm. He's familiar with what you're feeling. But he did it at such a level where he was not able to succumb to the temptation or the guilt. He was able to actually feel it, yet not allow it to keep him captive. So you're not less of a human because you feel pain or grief or a tragedy has sidelined you. That's not the point. It's what you do in the midst of that can make all the difference. So you said take your hands off and um, stop struggling. So what we want to try to accomplish here is not only giving you resources to, to consider your book, mom, the website, which daily puts up some type of message of hope, but also give you something practical to look forward to. Uh, six years out now uh, of a sentencing day going away and I couldn't see this day I couldn't see us doing an interview but I could see God in the in the middle of all that I knew that I could see God God was he was working and willing to work and I had to daily give those circumstances back to him and every time I gave them back to him he was able to bless the initiatives or the mission Not because it was benefiting me, but it was glorifying him. I think he's glorifying himself, and if I'm allowing him to glorify himself, I'm going to be making out for good in my life, and I was. I was at peace. I was at joy. I was serving. Now, all these years later, we're doing a podcast now, but another initiative that is kind of being birthed, and we've already recorded the pilot segment, is for an internet TV channel. It's called Roku. It's like a YouTube, Um, but we'll be doing the same idea, Mom, going back and forth with each other, dealing with... Tactics of surviving the storm. So this is going to just be translated from sitting across from each other in a radio um, type interview to video. That's one thing that's in the works. Um, Also, just there's a lot of stuff that we can't wait to share um, that God has been doing in spite of us, but always through us. And he's looking for that, that sailboat that he can blow the Holy Spirit's wind into and propel it forward. And that's probably the best scenario I can give as far as when somebody's sailing, they just put their sails in the direction of where the wind is blowing and they let the wind do all the work. They're not there struggling and striving. They just have to make sure their sails are in the right direction. That's what this show is all about. We're coming close to actually just the 20-minute the mark. We want to keep these segments for a main reason short. You're doing workouts physically, Mom, calling T20, right?
2: Absolutely. T20.
1: So that's a physical workout. So we want to kind of mimic or imitate that idea of a spiritual workout, just giving you a lot to think about in the the time frame that it would take to work out your body. Here's uh, 20 minutes of time for you to work out your spirit. The Bible instructs us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, work out your own salvation with serious thought, taking serious thought into where you are with God. Because if you consider where you are with God – you can then consider where you are in the midst of your circumstances. I think that relationship that you have with God to the degree that you understand His character is going to be the very degree that you will have peace where you are. If you don't understand His character, you're not going to have peace. But if you understand that He's always good, even when your circumstances aren't, there should be a level of peace that enters in. So, we do want to close all shows by reminding you that the clearest testimony you have isn't the one you share verbally for people to hear. It's the one you live in visually for people to see you may be the only bible somebody reads and most importantly the foundational verse of this podcast be still and know that i am god is psalm forty-six, ten. be still and know that i am god we thank you for tuning in today and we do truly wish you a blessed new year
0: Y'all people ain't knowing, he breathed in my lungs, and it spared me from Satan, and now that I love, even my loved ones they hate, Waiting patiently, pacing for me to fall on my face, but I'm falling in faith, pardon me for his grace, there's a battle I there, spiritually in this realm. God up in heaven, that's the devil in hell That's the mother she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross I know where you're going, if you live in that light Don't be perfect among us, but in the dark we are light Thank you Jesus, I love you, help me spread the good news If you live in a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth. Going. Listen, listen, listen. You guys that are running the street, y'all think y'all doing something different? Nah. Don't you know taping, watching that block that you're on since before my time? Wow. So what makes you think that you're doing something different? You wanna do something different? Put your faith in Christ.